seat. So, um, my name is uh, Rich. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't got to meet you, um, maybe I'll get to meet you after the service here. But I uh, just want to welcome you here this morning. We are in the second part of a series that we've started that, that's called um, What Makes the Good News So Good? So we're going to answer that question this morning. We're going to look at least one of the answers to that question here. Um, but let's see, before we get started, any housekeeping things? Um, I don't know if you guys noticed when Jeff does announcements that you figured out his, his code by now of his dress apparel. But if he happens to be wearing a Broncos t-shirt Sunday morning when he does announcements, usually it's a sign of a home game, I think. So uh, got a home game today. Preseason, hopefully they do all right there. But uh, I don't know if he has like home and away colors that he wears for announcements. But we'll we'll have to figure it out. But I know there's a game today. So, um, anyways, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll uh, jump into this morning here. Well, Lord Jesus, we do just want to look to you again, and just ask that. Um, you would um, capture our attention for the next few minutes we have together. God, I just pray that the, the verses that are shared, the stories that are shared, that they would touch our hearts, that they would move us. God, I pray that um, uh, we would be challenged on what we need to be challenged on, that we'd be encouraged where we need that, that we'd be corrected if we need that, Lord, that as, as uh, your word goes out, it would accomplish your purpose in our lives today. And um, just we just ask for that. We ask for your blessing. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, um, really I'm going to just give you a kind of a quick overview of how things will go this morning. Um, I'm going to kind of set the table with some things related to new life here, and then I'm going to really unleash a bunch of verses on you. This is going to be like drinking from the fire hose here for a little bit. The first few minutes, we are the firehouse, and I guess we could do that. After I share a bunch of verses, um, we're going to invite one of our own up to kind of share her story uh, as it relates to, to new life. And she's going to share, and she'll get to kind of clean up any pieces that were left out there and kind of tie up any loose ends. But um, And then after she shares, I'll kind of wrap things up here. So, um, But we are talking about new life. Life this morning, I thought you know it'd be good to take a look at the definition of uh, of new. I always love how the you know they give you help on how to pronunciate it. So it's an N with a U with two dots over the top, whatever that means. It's supposed to sound like new. Um, and as an adjective, there's a couple different definitions we're going to look at here. And there's, I think there's four of them that I I pulled out of Merriam Dictionary, Merriam Webster here. But the first one is Having recently come into existence, new, recently come into existence, recent, modern, um, that's one thing. Um, having been seen, used, or known for a short time, um, rice is a new crop for the area. Part B to that was being other than the former or other than the old uh, steady flow of new money. Cool, sounds good to me. Um, having been in a relationship or condition but a short time. New to the job and a new wife. That's a, there's a, a new wife floating around. Uh, as of yesterday, we had a wedding here. Everything worked out, so there's a new wife in our midst as well. So it's kind of fun. Um, let's see. Four is a, a beginning as a resumption or a repetition of a previous act or thing. A new day, a new edition. It's kind of like a, a new of the same type of thing going on there. And then part B there is made or become fresh. For instance, awoke a new person. And so this morning, I'm really um, 
going to focus on two, two facets of new. And really it's the first definition there of something that has recently come into existence. New life has been uh, newly come into existence. Then also the last one there, 4B, is uh, something that's made or become fresh. And as we look at these verses, uh, again, those are the two aspects we want to look at. For some people, some of the things we're going to look at here, you know, what makes the good news so good? Uh, well, the fact that we're going to look at today is that it holds promise of new life. And that new life might be for the first time for some of you. Um, it might be discovering new life that is offered to us through Jesus Christ for the first time. Now some of us, maybe we um, have heard the good news before and we responded to that for the first time years ago. And yes, it's the same truth here that um, whole promise of, of new life for us today. Some of us have maybe... Um, Maybe we've began a new life in Christ and it's become a, a crusty or a stale old new life. And we're going to talk about how that could be a new new life, a fresh new life, or a first time new life here. And so um, one of the verses on this that, um, that I like is uh, early on when, when Jesus kind of unleashed his uh, disciples to go tell the good news to everyone, um, a number of them were in prison. It talks about Peter and some of the apostles were thrown into prison. And one night uh, an angel let them out of prison and said, and said this to them, Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. And so God wanted them to know that the good news is not just a, you know, just like a one-time thing or a one-facet uh, sort of deal, but that the good news is about this new life that we can have through Christ. And so we're going to take a look at this new life this morning. Um, and we're going to look at a number of different facets about the new life here. Uh, I think we're going to look at five of them. And like I say, this is the part where I'm just going to... I'm going to blast you with some verses here, and I hope some of them you absorb them, some of them uh, speak to you personally. They might be different for each one of you, um, which ones resonate this morning with you. But um, and one part of the new life is really uh, building on what Brad talked about last week, and that's a, a new record. That when you begin a new life, when you respond to the good news about Jesus Christ, you're really given a new record. First um, John 2.12 says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of His name. You're given a new record, and that record is forgiven. Uh, this verse here is another classic one on forgiveness, Acts 10.43. All the prophets testify about Him that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of, forgiveness of sins through His name. And this, this new record is forgiveness for all your sins. It's not just ones you've done up to today or up to when you responded to the good news. Um, really, this new record is a record for the rest of your life is marked as Forgiven. It's stamped that it's uh, maybe paid in full. Now, there's a number of facets even of a new record here. I think about them. You know, one is forgiven, uh, paid in full. It's like, well, if you looked at all our sins we're going to commit in a life, God has the ability to look at those, and knowing that Christ has been punished for all of our sins, He can look at that record and mark it paid in full. But another facet of uh, forgiveness is, um, there's a theological word for it called justified. And justified is a little different than kind of paid in full. Justified is the idea that when God looks at your record, that He could say it's, you know, it's justified, never sinned before. Not only does He look at all the sins and say, okay, they're paid, done, deal, but boy, I'm sure going to remember those. God looks at you, He, he credits your record as righteous. It's justified, never sinned before. And that's a pretty good deal. Um, 
You know, and so that's, that's one of the facets. A, a new record is a part of this new life. Um, another part here we have is we'll look at a new person. And again, there's a lot of ramifications to becoming a new person. I love this verse. This is one that stood out to me before I became a Christian and after I became a Christian. But it's, I heard it on the radio. I heard it when I was church hopping and pastors were sharing messages on this new life, on, on uh, eternal life. But the, the verse is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. The old is gone. Some translations say the old has passed away and the new has come. And this is the idea of a new life, a new person being made. Not only do you get a new record, in some ways that's a great deal. We get to the end of our lives, we know we're forgiven, we can have confidence we're going to heaven. But if that's all the good news was, it's kind of like, hey look, life is going to be rough, you're going to sin a lot. But the good news is when you get to the end of your rotten, sinful life, you'll be forgiven, you know. But the good news is more than that. It's, it's not only are we forgiven, but we get made into a new person. And there's different, uh, different facets even of this new person. One is that um, there's a new creation. Another is that we get to be made... Um, Made alive. You know, I think about new life. Let's see if I have this definition up here for life. Life. Um, noun. It looks like a list, but if you know your pronunciation here, new life. Uh, the quality that distinguishes a vital and functional being from a dead body. You know, part of the new life is that spiritually speaking, God says when because of sin... You and I, we die. We're dead. Um, there's a verse here, Ephesians 2.1. Some of you might know, but it, is, it says this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. You know, a human being has been defined as a, a human being is a spirit with a soul. Like your soul is your spiritual, your personality, your, your heart, your mind, your will. It's kind of your soul. And then um, your spirit with a soul that lives in a body. And that is a human being. But because of sin... The Bible says we're spiritually dead. Our spirit is that uh, innermost being, that connection with God that we have at a spiritual level. And we die because of sin. But when you come to respond to the good news, it says that um, we are made a new being, a new creation from the inmost being on out. There's other words for this. Some of you might know being born again is is another way to phrase this. Or look at this. You know, Jesus said at one point, uh, he was talking to Nicodemus, and he said... I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. We're all born the first time through our mothers and we come into this world, but there's a way that we must be born spiritually in order to make it into the kingdom of God. That's the same idea of being made into a new person. Um, another facet of this is uh, there's another theological word for this. When you're made anew, when you respond to the gospel, the word is called regenerated. We are regenerated when we believe the good news. It says this in Titus chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. There's being made a new person. It has many ramifications. The other one also, some of you might know the verse, uh, Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And, and that is what we are when we respond to the good news about Jesus Christ. So that's um, a new record, a new person. Let's look at some more here. A couple of other news. The other you know, ramification of the good news is that when you really respond to the good news, this verse here 
you know, some of we you know it is a very classic one as, as far as becoming a Christian. But it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Often we talk about becoming a Christian as placing your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And many of the times the emphasis is on the Savior side of it. You know, if Jesus is your Savior, He saves you from all your sins, you got your ticket to heaven. Um, and that is very valid, very true. But there's another facet of, of the Gospel is that you need to agree with God that Jesus is your Lord. Jesus as Lord and as your Savior. And that's part of living the new life because when you take on uh, Jesus as Lord, it means He's a new leader of your life. You know, most of our lives we, we spend being Lord of our own lives. And we get the results that we can get bring about as the leader of our own lives, which is usually results that, um, that we prefer to change. You know, whether it's a, a record that has sins, a record of shame or guilt, or getting in patterns of life that we're stuck in and we can't get out of. But when we are Lord, you're going to bring about the life that this that you can bring about. And that is probably far more limited than the life that God wants to offer us. I think about Jesus and He said uh, that He came that we might have life to the full. Sometimes we can think about Jesus as Lord and we go, boy, if I surrender my life to Jesus, it's just going to be miserable. I'm just going to have to sell everything I have. I'm going to have to sell my kids off, sell my wife off. I'm just going to, it's going to be a miserable lot following Jesus because He's just a tough master. But Jesus said, hey, look, I've come that you can have life to the fullest. You can have true life if he's your master. It's not like he's going to do, you know, just, now life's not going to be a cakewalk. We know that. We look at his life. It was not a cakewalk. But it was full of, of joy, of peace, of purpose. And he wants to give us a full life. Like that song that we, surreng- that we sang, Surrender. Um, we need to surrender. We need to give up the, the pride of leading our own life and yield to the promise of new life that he can bring us. So that comes about again. And we look to Him as Lord. Um, another facet here, a new spirit. You know, this is an amazing thing that happens as well. When you respond to the good news about Jesus Christ, uh, Scriptures tell us this. This is in the New Living Translation, but it says, And now you Gentiles, you non-Jewish people like me and you, um, have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. You know, when you respond to the good news, when you believe the good news, it says uh, He gives you His Spirit. When you receive Jesus in your life, the way that we do it is... Jesus gives us His Spirit to come and uh, take up residence inside us. And so uh, we're able to live a new life not by throwing a bunch of external rules and doing a bunch of new right and wrongs, but we get to invite Him inside our life. And uh, He can help us from the inside out. And that's really the, the essence of the Christian life. Another great verse on this. I know many times when someone becomes a, a Christian, there's a, there's a real... Uh, the newness is you know is in so many different ways. But one of the ways is there's a new sensitivity to God's Spirit inside us. And when you sense God wanting you to do something, a lot of times as a new Christian, there's a... Like it says here, you know, this is the one I esteem. He was humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. There's a, a sensitive obedience that we can have in our hearts. We go, I'm living this new life. I want to live this new life. If I sense God wants me to do something, I respond contritely. Like when you touch a bruise and there's an instant response to it. The same is true when the Holy Spirit 
touches us to do something and we do it, it leads to a new life. And not only is there a sensitivity, you know, sometimes we can go, well, now that I've got the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to be hypersensitive. Now I know that that's not only wrong, it's just really, really wrong. And that's right, and that's really, really right. It's more than just a hypersensitivity to right and wrong. There's a, there's a new strength that God's Spirit can bring to our lives. One of A verse that you've probably heard before um, that is quoted when you think about the greatness and the bigness of God here is, um, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all all we ask or imagine. How many of you have heard that verse before? Do you know what it goes on to say after that? Sometimes we just stop there. God is able to do uh, immeasurably beyond what we can ask or imagine. Wow, that's awesome. But you know what it goes on to say? It goes on to say, according to His power that is at work within us. That immeasurably great power, ability of God, it says it is at work in you who have the Holy Spirit. And so now, not only can you be sensitive to what He wants you to do, you can actually follow through on it. When you know you should say no to some temptation, some situation, now you've got a Spirit that can give you all the power you ever needed to do that, to follow through. Or when you know it's yes to some situation, and you need to step forward, step out, encourage your faith on something, that same Spirit can empower you to live the new life. The new Spirit, is, uh, the Holy Spirit is essential to live in this new life. And then uh, the last facet we're going to look at is that there's a new thinking that leads to new life. Some of you have heard this verse before, probably haven't memorized. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I like how the New Living uh, phrases it, the same idea in, in a few different words here. But don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, when you begin to live this new life, there's a new thinking that's involved in it. And it's a thinking that you know includes a, being a new creation, being forgiven, having a new leader, having the Holy Spirit to help you um, think differently. But the Holy Spirit also helps you understand God's Word. And you can apply God's Word to situations that you might not have known you can apply before. And... It changes you into a new person by changing the way you think. And so those are some things that are all available to us as a part of responding to the good news about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins, um, being buried, rising again. Um, all of this, when you respond to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is all made available to you and to I. And I, at this time, I'd like to invite up someone that... Um, has been living this new life. Here's someone that, you know, if you know her at all, you know that God has really done a work in her life recently. I'd say even over this last year, or maybe even less than that. But uh, I thought, I just asked her to share some things going on in her life as, as far as, as it relates to this new life. So why don't you guys welcome Charity up here real quick. And she's going to share some of her stories. Oh yeah, we gotta get you a microphone, don't we? Yeah. Let's see. Whoops. That's now unplugged. Okay. Yeah. Just share what's on your heart, and if I blast you in the eyes with this laser here, that means uh, that's that's great. So. like to start by saying a little prayer. Um, God, um, I just ask you to really speak to me this morning and um, put away our emotions and um, everything that would 
um, burden us this morning and just um, I ask us that you allow us to pick up our crosses and just um, head towards you. Amen. Amen. Um, so my name is Charity and um, I um, just want to share a little bit about um, how God's really brought me to know him and um, just really knocked on my heart all these years and um, so I was um, born to my mother, her name is Christina, and um, she met my biological father in college and um, it was just at a time um, in his life where he really um, could take on the responsibility of a fatherhood. So um, my, he left and it was just me and my mom. So um, we grew up, I grew up um, until I was about two years old, and my mom met my um, wonderful father. Um, his name is Robert, and they got married. Um, he adopted me when I was two years old. Um, and then came along my three younger sisters, and my sisters, um, it's just us, and so that's good. Um, and then um, after that, um, my dad was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. Um, and so when I was about 15, it was just his, it was really taking a toll on his body and um, just really a lot for our family. And um, my parents got divorced when I was 15. That was the time in my life when I was really struggling and um, just looking for some stability in my life. Um, and I just really um, latched on to the world <laughs> and um, uh, got in some abusive relationships and just um, really clung to things that. Um, you know, were not healthy for me. Um, I started, you know, drinking and um, abusing drugs and, um, you know, was just in the life of ruins. Um, my dad got remarried and um, that was kind of a roughy marriage as well. And my mom um, got remarried as well. And um, Larry actually passed away a year after my parents were um, married he got um, brain and spinal cord meningitis so he passed away and that was a, another really tough time um, in my mom's life and my dad's life and um, so we were just really struggling and I just I felt God pounding at my heart but I really just didn't want to give up the world I didn't want to give up you know partying and just oh there are my friends and just different things like that but I didn't know the truth I didn't have truth in my life um, I ended up um, in front of a judge with, um, you know, facing it six months of jail just for, um, you know, drinking and um, getting in trouble through that. And so the judge, um, I was court ordered to enter a rehab facility. Um, and so um, it was kind of cool how God worked this out because the lady that was the owner of the facility, I had actually seen her a few times when I was about 15. Um, she had counseled me through my parents' divorce. So that was really cool that God had put someone in my life that I had trusted and that I could open up to her. Um, and so I started the um, program. It was Christian-based. And she really just, um, you know, mold and she just really showed me how God loved me and was molding my heart, but I still didn't want to give it up. Um, so I actually... Um, failed one of the drug tests and um, had to restart the program, but I think that God was not, you know, he was still not giving up on me, and um, so, mm -hmm. he was still not giving up at me, and 
still really pounding at my heart. Um, and so after that, I um, was just really looking for a way out. I just really wanted to get away. Um, one of my friends had asked me um, if I wanted to move with her to Denver. So I said, sure, I'll come. Why not? So I went to Denver. I came here about a year ago. And um, I don't know, it was just the same stuff, you know, nothing was changing. I was, you know, just still empty and hurt. I tried contacting my biological dad and I found out, you know, that he had kids of his own and um, a family that just, I felt like I wasn't wanted. I was empty and I just felt alone. And um, I remember standing at a bus stop near Sloan's Lake and this over-exaggerated college student said, hey, here's a flyer, you should check out our church. I was like, okay, thanks, you know, and I just got back on the bus. And um, I started reading this um, this flyer, and it was like, coming soon, the firehouse, and, you know, you're welcome here, and you're wanted, and we just want you to come. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. So I kept that, and I kept that, and God was just, like, pounding at my heart and just saying, Trady, come home, just come to me, you know. I grew up in a you know, in a religious family, and my mom was always praying for me and always dragging me to church, even though, you know, I was, like, kicking and screaming, and, um, but still, I loved her for that, and, um, so a year later, I pulled that envelope, or the flyer, out of my drawer, I was, like, praying to God, and I was, like, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'll go, you know, I called my mom, saying, you know, you shouldn't go to this alone, and, you know, I was hoping she would say that, but, she said, okay, I'm praying for you. Yeah, that'd be great. Check it out. And I was like, okay. So I checked out the small group, and it was such a God thing because it was only a few blocks from my house. I walked into the small group, and everyone was so nice and so welcoming. And, um, you know, we were talking about different things, about pulling weeds out of our life and just really living for Christ. And I broke down. I really broke down. I went home. I prayed to God. I wanted, you know, to pull those weeds out of my life. I really wanted to live for Him. And, um, which brings me to a verse, Ezekiel 11:19, And I will, um, give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. So they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. Um, I really just broke down to Christ and asked him to come live in my heart. And I wanted the sparkle that these other, you know, kids had at the church. Um, so, you know, I was just, I remember asking one of the girls, you know, what do I have to do to get in? You know, like, when's the next initiation? What do I have to do here? And so they were like, Charity, we'd love to have you, you know, you know, come live with us. Because, you know, they have a group of single girls that, just live as community, just building each other up and really wanting to live for God. Um, which brings me to another verse, Second uh, Corinthians 4, 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fra- fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our power is from God, not from ourselves. God was just really working in my heart. So... Um, it just so happened that my lease was up March 30th. The girls' lease was up March 30th. They were moving houses. And, you know, I just kind of grabbed along and moved in and said, here I am. <laughs> you know, help me live this new life. Um, 
I don't want any of the other yucky stuff, you know, that I've been clinging to. I just want God. So one last verse I want to share with you um, is um, he brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of miry clay, and set my feet on a rock and established my goings. He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. so much, Charity. That's awesome. I mean, I think um, Charity's life illustrates a lot of this and, and then some, you know. And so um, God is the God of new life. And, you know, uh, one of the things I just want to close with here, um, you know, there's a verse here that reminds me of Charity as well. I remember when she, she jumped in and shortly after that, I think she wanted to get baptized. And, you know, baptism in some ways is a, a picture of, of a new life that is beginning here. So, some of you know this verse, Romans 6, 4. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And, and some of, I don't know where you're at as far as your new life, but I do know if, if you're a Christian and you've never been baptized as a picture of sharing in Christ's death and burial and rising to a new life, we would love to just um, have the opportunity to baptize you. We're called to go and make disciples and baptize them. Um, some of you, if you're wrestling with becoming a Christian or things like that it's a great step I know myself personally I feel like God brought me out to Colorado gave me a fresh start initially and then all the old habits and things caught up with me but eventually I invited Christ into my life and and I knew that getting baptized was a way of going public about becoming a Christian about putting my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior and um, several days after I became a Christian, I, I went ahead and got baptized as well. But I know there's some of you that maybe it's time to take that step, to go public um, in the new life here. And, um, and yet at the same time, the, the, really what I want to close with here is the idea that all of this is made available to every person. Uh, this new life, the good news that Jesus died on the cross and He's willing to forgive all your sins. He still loves you. He's willing to forgive you for everything, things you haven't even done yet. He's willing to make you a new person, not just a forgiven when you get to the end of a hard, sinful life, but a new person today. He's uh, able to be your leader and lead you into new things, new uh, experience of life you've never had before. He wants to give you His Spirit to help bring that all about. He wants to change your thinking and give you a new thinking so you can live this new life. But all of that is available to every person. But, you know, the question you've got to ask is... Um, does everybody receive this new life that God offers? And the answer is, no, not everybody receives it. You know, and, and how do you receive this new life? You know, it's made available to everyone, but how do you receive it? How do you begin? Anyone know? We ask this question when we share the outreach diagram. We say all of this is made available as a free gift, but does everyone receive this free gift? No, the Bible says it's, it's received by those who believe. God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It has to do with believing. This is made available to everyone. Um, but the way that we receive the new life, it starts with believing that it's really true. Believing that God really did die for our sins, that He really does want to make us new. That He really does have everything we need to live a new life, just as even charity is shared. Um, 
but it, it is made available also, you know, it's, it comes through faith. Let me see if this is, I might have hit a wrong button on the way here. I don't know if there's a way to scroll to the next verse. But if not, I'll just read it here. There we go. Some of you might be familiar with this. It says, This wonderful news, the message that God wants to save us, has been given to us just as it was given to those who lived in the time of Moses. But it didn't do them any good because they didn't believe it. They didn't mix it with faith. You know, this good news, all of this good news is made available, but you've got to, you've got to believe it to begin the new life. You've got to believe, well, you've got to believe that you've sinned and you need a Savior to start with. But you've got to believe that Jesus took your sins upon His cross. You've got to believe that He really wants to give you a new life, make you a new person. Um, and this is all true, but it doesn't bring about a new life unless you believe it, you know. And so, um, let's see what the next one we have here. There's another verse that says, really one of the first steps, if you've never done this for the first time, we said this applies to two types of people. One is for the first time, and the other is maybe to have the fresh new life. But one of Jesus' first messages was this. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. It's all made available, but you've got to believe to get started with it. And, um, you know, for some of you, that, that day to believe might be today. I don't know where you're at spiritually, where you've been on your journey, but I know that there's a day that um, God says, um, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. You know, today could be the day that you surrender to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you begin that new life. And uh, I love the thought that it says, you know, on that day when it's your day, He helps you. I know myself, I heard a message at church on one Sunday and it was like the straw that broke this camel's back. And I went home and I just, uh, just remember laying on the floor of my apartment building, just stretched out, just crying out to God, God, I, I, I want to do this. I want to surrender. I need a new life. I need your righteousness and not my self-righteousness. And I just remember crying out to him and I, I believe that day is when he helped me become a Christian and receive him as my Lord and Savior. But for you, today may be that day God wants to help you. I want you to think about that. We'll have a chance to pray here as we close. But now I want to talk to some of the, you who maybe became a Christian a while ago. I know for me, that happened 16 years ago. And I began the new life and it was new and it was amazing. But, you know, over time, the new life can kind of become crusty. It can kind of become stale. It can kind of become not as new as it used to be. Kind of the, the old new life, you know. And the key is still the same for us to live a new life today. For you to live this new life that's been promised, it's still by faith. And you've got to believe all the same things, you know, in a, in a fresh new way today. You've got to believe that you are forgiven. That there is no more condemnation for your sins. There's no more guilt that you need to bear because Jesus took it all. You've got to believe that um, you're a new person. God says you're a new person. After a few years, you can get back into old patterns and go, you know, I don't know that anything's really changed. I'm just the same old person I've always been. Just had a few good weeks there or something. But uh, it's true that you would still be a new person today. You've got to believe that, though. You've got to have Jesus as your Lord today. You know, there's a one time when you first yield your life to Christ... But then there's an every day where you wake up and you decide, is Jesus my Lord today? And if He's not and you find yourself on the throne of your life and Christ is at your feet or somewhere else in your life, you're going to find yourself not living a new life. It's going to be the same old life it used to be with the same old struggles with the same old results. Is Christ your Lord today? 
And how about the Spirit? You know, we know that He indwells you. When you first believe, He comes to live inside you and says He'll never leave you. But are you sensitive to the Spirit today as that first day when you believed? If He nudges you to do something, do you do it? Or are you hardened to, to that, not having a sensitivity, having new thoughts and, and, and thinking that would prevent you from obeying the Holy Spirit? Do you, do you believe that He's got the strength that you need to, to make new choices today? The strength to say no to temptation or say yes to obedience. Because if, if you don't, you're not going to be living the new life. You'll be living a life that's going to heaven, a life that's forgiven, but it won't be the new life, the full life that Jesus has promised. And again, you know, as you're thinking, is it a new thinking or have you gone back into old thinking? There's all these promises and truth from God in the Bible, but unless you believe it today, it'll do you no good. It will profit you nothing. And, and my hope is that maybe, whether it's for the first time that you... Um, receive Christ and become a Christian and begin the new life or if it's a maybe it's about time you know you've done it before but you need to kind of get on with the, the new life not the the ruts of the Christian life that, that we might find ourselves stuck in here but anyways I'm going to pray first uh, for those if you are a Christian and um, like myself and I've just been praying you know God I need fresh faith I want a fresh new life I need to breathe, believe you in fresh new ways today you know, the new life, I can't just look back on those days when I was single and working on college and go, wow, that was the new life then. You know, the goal is to live a new life until Christ returns, to live a new, full life. And um, we might need to be renewed in the, the truths that we once believed, you know. And I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then I'll pray for those maybe that are thinking about this for the first time. But let's pray. Well, Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you have made this new life available to us, to us as a free gift. God, you just uh, you want to give it to us. And yet you say there's a prerequisite. We must believe. We must believe that you're able to give it, that you're good enough to give it, um, that you're gracious enough. And, and God, I just pray you'd help us, anyone who is a Christian already, help us to live in the new life that you have for us, Lord. Help us to get out of maybe ruts that we've gotten into or sin from the past, Lord. Help us to experience the new, the full, the abundant life as you have promised us. And I pray that you'd help each one of us to have you on the throne of our lives today and every day. We ask you to help make us sensitive to your spirit again. Help us to believe you have all the strength and power we need to do your will. Um, and that it would be beyond what we've ever asked or imagined. But God, I just pray that you'd help us to live the new life as Christians today in Jesus' name. Now, for some of you, maybe you're, you're, you haven't made this choice for the first time, and I just just want to say that you can, um, you know, you can just pray, just like Charity talked about. There's a time where you can just talk to God and tell Him, you know, the the words. I think God can give you the words to say. There's a heart things that really are, are the big deal that that you're a sinner and that you deserve God's punishment and you want to be forgiven and that you're willing to yield your life to Him as Lord instead of you. And that you want to invite Him into your life as your Lord and Savior. And I think um, He will help you in the words to, to say, and He will hear you, and He'll come into your life and, and begin giving you a new life. But if, if that's something you want to do, we can just, uh, again, let's we just bow our heads and pray. And you might just tell God something like this. Oh Lord Jesus, I, I do admit that I've sinned against you. I've earned your eternal punishment. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to come into my life as my Lord and my Savior and help me to live this new life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I just want to thank you guys for joining us here this morning. If you're interested in getting baptized at all, I, I just encourage you to, to pray about it, think about it, and see if God nudges your heart to take that step. I know there's some of you that need to do that, um, maybe who've been Christians for a while, or, or maybe if you've done that for the first time, we'd love to just uh, have the honor of, of baptizing you and as, as Christ has called us to. But anyways, um, thanks for joining us again next Sunday. We're going to have a church-wide picnic for Labor Day here. And have a great rest of your day. All right.